Thank you for joining me, Yogesh. Yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Can you give us a brief explainer on the background here? What kind of agreement is the county trying to iron out with the Air National Guard? And what are the benefits for both parties? Right now, the county is negotiating an airport joint use agreement with the National Guard. The purpose of this agreement is to have some parameters around the joint usage of the airport. The military is using the airport for their military operations. So this would extend through 2032, is that right? That's correct. And the current agreement has been expired for some time. I know it's been greater than a year. So there's just been an informal agreement with the Air Force right now, and they are looking to make that a formal agreement through the county signing a new airport joint use agreement. It looks like they would make a one-time $100 payment to the county, but then they'd also be providing firefighting services at the airport itself. Is that correct? That's correct. So as part of this, they would be providing firefighting services. And and there is obviously some value to them providing firefighting services to the county. But we need to make sure that in exchange for those firefighting services that we're receiving, that we're not putting our community and our natural resources in potential undue harm. As we know, the state's Department of Natural Resources has pretty conclusively stated that a lot of the PFAS contamination in Madison is due to firefighting foam, which would obviously be used if they were to continue training on that site, that kind of thing. And in this agreement, your issue and some of your colleagues have joined you in this is the concern that the Air National Guard has asked to remove all liability. Yeah, and we have a a number of concerns here. I think the starting point to all this is, you know, we're looking at the PFAS pollution. The FAA in September approved using fluorine-free foam. It's F3 foam. And this is available from authorized vendors. And we have spoke to some of these vendors who have said that this product is available now. So we, we think the first thing, the baseline of any agreement should be that we will no longer use any firefighting foam that contains PFAS in it. That's a pretty common sense thing for all parties to agree to. If the FAA has approved it, if a vendor is currently producing it, if it does meet the military specifications, it is able to be used at airports such as the one that we have. So our first request is that any airport joint use agreement should explicitly state that we require the F3 foam so we don't spread any more PFAS chemicals. If they were to agree to those terms, would you be okay with them still not having any liability? Or is that something that you would like to add to the deal as well, that they would be liable for pollution? So what we did, myself and my colleagues on the board, the colleagues who signed this letter were Supervisor Heidi Weigleitner, Vice Chair of the Environment, Ag and Natural Resources Committee, Sarah Smith, and Jacob Wright and Michelle Ritt, who are on the Public Works Committee. One of the areas that we really want to address is indemnification and liability. As we know, there's already existing pollution on this site and that there have been a number of named parties who are responsible for this, the county, the DNR, the Air Force, and we want to make sure that any contract that we sign does not release and indemnify the military for existing PFAS contamination as well as future PFAS contamination. So we have to be really careful here that when we're signing a legal document that we're not letting anyone off the hook for something that they've already been named to be a responsible party for. 
So this comes not long after two large companies, DuPont and 3M, paid billions of dollars to municipalities across the country as compensation for the contamination that came from some of the products they've manufactured. If the National Guard was on the hook for pollution, how much could that cost them in the long run? One of the things that's really scary about this issue and makes it an an emerging issue and makes us reevaluate things like airport joint use agreements is the fact that we don't really have any solution for these PFAS forever chemicals. We have some experimental bioremediation technologies. There's been certain filtering that's been tried and that's had mixed results. So we don't really have a solution. So if we don't know what the solution is, we can't put a price tag on that. And what makes this even more of a concerning issue for our community is the PFAS contamination happens in parts per trillion. So any amount of contamination is permanent contamination. And we've seen other communities that have had to switch from their municipal water to to bottled water because their drinking water gets contaminated. So putting a price tag on it, it's not even a value we can quantify right now. And that's why one of the requests that we have for this modification is fair compensation to our county for the human, environmental, and community health costs associated with this. What are the next steps? What is the approval process for this deal? Right now, What we did is we drafted a letter, and the letter went to the airport director, Kim Jones, the county lobbyist, Carrie Springer, our corporation counsel's office, Carlos Pabellon, and assistant corporation counsel, Amy Tutwiler. And we're seeking additional modifications to this contract, and we are also seeking additional information. As part of this letter, we also had an open records request where we wanted to see what the existing airport joint use agreement negotiations were so we can see had any of these issues been addressed. Has there been any attempt to, for example, require F3 PFAS-free foam as part of the agreement? So we want to find out what's happened in that regard. We also want to look at the termination clauses in this as well. If Dane County was to terminate this agreement, we're allowed to do that with 90 days notice, but we would be paying uh, punitive damages. That's written into the contract. If the Air Force was to terminate the agreement, they would not have any punitive damages. And there could be a situation where the airport terminates the agreement, and then we have to find our own firefighting services, and we would have to find those within 90 days. Right now, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. The next committee that will consider this will be the Personal and Finance Committee. They are meeting on December 18th. We've asked for a response to this letter that we have out there by December 15th. If we haven't gotten the answers that we're seeking, or if these negotiations with the Air Force would be ongoing, our request would be to have everything in this letter addressed before it's voted on by the Personnel and Finance Committee and before it gets forwarded to the entire county board for a vote. We can't modify a contract and then approve it. That, that contract has to be modified and signed before it comes to us. So what we're asking for is a renegotiation of the contract and for a new contract to be brought to the board. You mentioned that you currently do not have a joint use deal. The last one expired a while ago. Could things Mm -hmm. continue as usual without any deal at all? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. 
We've continued under this framework for a number of months, over a year, and this was brought to the board, but we want to make sure this is not brought to the board with a sense of urgency, like this has to be done tomorrow or this agreement will go away. Because if that was the case, there would have been a lot more of an effort to to expedite this process. So we feel there's been no disruption in airport operations. And we understand the desire to have a formal contract because it's never good to operate under an expired contract because if there was a you know, calamitous situation, well, that makes things very complicated. So we do think we do need a contract in place. However, since there hasn't been that sense of urgency, we feel like it's appropriate to take time to answer these questions that we've laid out. And when the contract was brought to us to consider in my committee in the Environment, Ag, and Natural Resources Committee, that was in mid-November And one thing that I did along with my colleagues was say like, okay, well, we know we have these issues. We will make sure by December 1st to get you a list of what our requests are. We'll do that in a formal letter. We will present that to everybody. We ask for a timeline for those questions to be answered. In that letter, we ask that to be December 15th, and that's the Friday before the Personnel and Finance Committee reconvenes on December 18th. So we're trying to do this as quickly as possible on the board side, and that's why as soon as we brought this in front of my committee, we wanted to provide dates and parameters around what we were intending to do so all the parties were aware of this. So we've been working to expedite the process on the board side, and I think that's, you know, that shows what an urgent issue this is for us and how how we would like to be good partners and trying to move this forward as efficiently as possible. So I believe that covers all of my questions, but is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I do want to stress the importance of our natural resources. We're seeing with climate change and in general, we're seeing our natural resources, which are vital for us, our drinking water is vital for us. The air we breathe is vital for us. And when we're looking at how we can move forward as a sustainable society, our first principles have to be to protect that which sustains us. And that's why we have this focus here. We understand there there is a mission at the airport, that there has been a lot of discussions around the F-35. And we want to stress that This conversation that we're having right now is what can we do to minimize the harm that's already been done and what can we do going forward to prevent any of that same harm from being done again. Thank you again for agreeing to speak with me, Yogesh. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. That was Supervisor Yogesh Chavla, who represents Madison's Near East Side on the Dane County Board. He and some of his colleagues are concerned that a pending lease deal between the county and the Air National Guard could lead to further PFAS contamination in Madison's groundwater. The deal, as it stands, would mean that the Guard is not liable for any pollution their operations might cause in the future. Supervisor Chavla says the county board is still in the fact-finding negotiation phase of this joint-use deal. 